right, guys. So this is the Creative Genius Podcast, episode number nine. Uh, I know it's been a little while. We've been on a little hiatus. Uh, we, we had to go on a little uh, mission to find ourselves. Uh, but we're back now, and uh, there's been a, a little bit of a time change. But we're back, and we're ready to do this again. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the group again. Again, myself, I'm Lou. And with me, I have here a new guest. That's Mr. Jimmy Jam James and Mr. Adam. Adam so, is so returning. So you introduce the new guy first and then yeah, yeah. And introduce me what, last. What part of like, your backseat did you not understand? That's true. All right, I'll be quiet. Adam, come on! Nothing's changed. I know. I know you think that you know we like went on this hiatus, and now you're like getting bumped up to second place or something here. But you're not. Don't 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 get don't get too excited that way, bud. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Jimmy James is with us. So, uh, Jim, do uh, do do you have any uh, words of wisdom joining the podcast? Here I am. Uh, you you cut out there for a minute. Um... So I didn't quite hear if you had a question or anything. Uh, yeah, all I said is, that, do you have any words of wisdom? Words of wisdom? Yeah, <laughs> do you want to say anything? Are you happy? Are you are you happy to be here? Or are you? Oh, absolutely. Sorry, I my thing cut out. I don't know what happened. Anyway, yeah, I've been wanting to do a podcast forever. Um, I I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, you know as. I don't know if, if Adam knows, but uh, Lou and I kind of, uh, Lou introduced me to ATP, and then I, I just really immediately kind of fell in love with it. And ever since then, uh, I really wanted to, wanted to do podcasting, so I've been asking a bunch of people and stuff, and it just happened to work out that that uh, Lou and Mr. Adam both kind of wanted to pick things back up again with uh, the creative genius, and they happened to want me uh, to join them, and I'm I'm, all, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I think podcasting is, is really cool and interesting, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and we have a we have a lot of cool topics to to talk about. Sweet, cool, uh, Mr. Uh, are you are you happy to be back? Whoa, whoa! Last name name drop. I mean, whoa, whoa! Yes, yes. I, I'm 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 pleasantly happy to be back, Mr. Adam. Is happy to be back in the the backseat of the podcast train, um, car, minivan, whatever we're driving these days. Um, has to be self-driving though. I think we talked about that. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good outlet for me to just kind of like talk to, you know, people about things that are happening in technology because so much of it, you know, like we're now kind of far apart from each other. So with that distance, it's, it's a nice way to kind of like catch up, um, talk about stuff that we're all interested in, have, uh, an intelligent, hopefully conversation. With me, not so much. Um, and yeah, yeah it's, it's good to be back. Good, good. Uh, I like how the guy that mentions the self-driving cars uh, drives a car until the wheels fall off it. But that, that's, that's for another conversation. I, I, uh, I, yeah, no, I will drive the car until the wheels fall off. So no self-driving car for me until, you know, my last car. It's got one tire in the grave right now, but the other three are, are still, still rolling. I mean, what year are we talking? Are we talking That's like 2000. early 1000s, I mean, 90s? No, 2000, yeah. I mean, not 90s. We we talked about the 90s Civic thing, and those things were like cockroaches where they'll just live forever. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I, I drive a 2000 truck, you know, so I'm not, let, let me just say this. I'm not actively trying to keep it alive. I mean, like the life support is there and the plug, you know, if it just happens to fall out, fall out, I'll be like, oh, oh okay, well, that's a bummer. But I'm not like, you know, making sure that that plug is like plugged in and making sure that power is always running to, you know, the hospital that it's checked into. Really dark there, but when it dies, it dies. It happens, it happens. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, I I guess we should uh, cross the bridge of uh, our uh, one compatriot that is uh, MIA at the moment. That's Mr. Gerald. Uh, as some of you know, he was around and, uh, Gerald is gone off to edumacate himself, as they say. So, uh, he may appear from time to time or a little later this year. Uh, he plans to be hopefully done with that edumacation and, uh, you may see him. So, uh, stay tuned. Uh, I I hope to see him back soon. So, uh, I just wanted to kind of give you all a little idea of where he is. But uh, with that filled in, I think uh, Adam is most excited about the next topic. Yes. Adam, would you like to uh, share the next topic? So um, before we jump into all the nerdy, you know, geeky stuff that we usually talk about, uh, I just have to ask, um, how, uh, what, are, what, are, what are your guys' thoughts on um, Miss, uh, Miss T-Swift and her new singles? Wait, is she, is she single again? I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not really up on the T Swift. Yeah, very funny. Uh, no, she's in a a a very happy relationship that is good for her her creativity and um I don't know. She's with somebody and he's a Hollywood star. Oh, so she's gonna break up with him soon and ba- release a new single? <laughs> no, it's it's not a new single. It'll be a new album, and that's what I'm excited about because this is like the happy album, right? Like she's got beef with people. Like this is her happy, well, like revenge album. And then after this, it's going to be another breakup album, and we all love those, or at least I do. I love it so much. <laughs> from a from a Taylor Swift progression idea, it's 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 gone away from what she started with, right? I mean, she was like kind of this pop country, and these two new singles that she's come out have like a really it's really following the curve of a lot of these these pop artists. So it's it's kind of interesting to see her take that turn into kind of more electronic type of sounds and things like that. It, it's certainly poppy and, and catchy. Um, it's just interesting that she's really taken a different direction with these two singles. So I just am kind of wondering what her what her thoughts were on that as well. But I mean, I certainly think they're catchy. I think they're good. Well, she did the she took the the turn away from country like two albums ago. James. So, you know, brush up. Well, I mean, you can see how uh, how up I am on my on my T Swift. I apologize. All right, moving on. Lou, your thoughts? This is all news all news to me. I've heard it. It is definitely uh different, and I will probably leave it at that. So, yeah. <laughs> T Swift. Hey, the podcast audience, you know, like all all of them just dropped off because you guys well, Adam, what do you think? I mean, didn't I explain it? I, I, okay, so I'll go into a little more detail. I don't want to spend you know too much time on this, but first one, eh, was okay. Like it's catchy. Um, my three girls love the song, so it plays kind of nonstop in the house. Um, but the second one, I, I really like. Like the bass line is really heavy. It kind of hits you really, really hard, and it's kind of more like a rap sing type song, which is interesting. But the the chorus is classic Taylor Swift. Um, 
and that's the part I really like. So all in all, you know, like first one, maybe like a a seven out of ten, and the second one, I'll, I'll give an eight out of ten, just because I I don't have context around the rest of what the album will be. But you you know me, I like a good Taylor Swift. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'm okay with that. All right, so moving on, uh, the world's a interesting place these days. Uh, there's one other topic here hurricanes or climate change or whatever we want to call this uh the the world seems to be in a little bit of shambles lately any any thoughts i mean uh i know uh we're on the tail of uh houston and uh i think florida is being molly whopped as we speak so uh you know uh thoughts prayers uh are i know I actually have some family uh, affected by Florida, so I'm I have that in my mind right now. But any uh, any ideas uh, why this is all happening, kids? I mean, I don't think there's like a, a clear reason why, right? Everyone wants to point, you know, here and there, and uh, it's no doubt that things are getting you know worse. This is one of the worst sets of hurricanes we've had in a fair number of years. Now, granted, we're all young, so it's hard to say. Like I lived through, you know. 18 storms in my day and 12, you know, uh, tornadoes, but it's definitely just kind of, you know, it's, it's really sad to see when nature gets, you know, gets crazy as fuck and, uh, just starts, you know, running a rampage and just, yeah, thoughts and prayers to everyone, you know, in the areas. And if you're in Florida right now and you haven't gotten out, like, please like take that seriously. Um, but yeah, like thoughts and good vibes out to, to everyone in those areas. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually, uh, I'm with you, Lou. I have family out in, in Florida too. My mom and my stepdad are actually out there right now. Um, so it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like she's been telling me all about her experience because she's never been in something like this before. So she's, she's going to all these different department stores and, you know, where you can essentially buy all the supplies you need, you know, targets and Costco's and such. And they're literally cleaned out of everything. And it's really quite eye-opening for her and, and for me because I've never had a family member in this sort of situation either. So it's it's actually really quite strange um, to worry about someone and their well-being due to inclement weather. I mean, you know, I've lived in California most of my life. So, I mean, the worst I've seen is, you know, a little bit of flash flooding and, and, and stuff like that or things I've seen on the news with wildfires. But it's always been at a distance, right? And so this is something that, even though it's at a distance for me, it's it's close to home because it's you know it's my mom, so it's it's just kind of it's just kind of crazy. So, and I mean, for there to be three hurricanes, I mean Harvey, Irma, and then now Jose, it's just I mean this is just the most insane hurricane season I think I've ever witnessed. Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely one one for the books. So um, anyway, we'll uh, I'm sure we will have some follow up and revisit this topic. Uh, in the coming weeks uh, but moving on I guess if you remember any of our previous episodes we often had a topic and this week we're going to discuss something a little up and coming I guess I would say when the podcast went on a hiatus a couple uh, well, probably a year and a half ago or so now we uh these weren't too big then and the topic of drones is is come a long way in the last year year and a half i mean they they've seemed to come more main market or, or mass market whatever you want to call that but uh i'm just kind of curious what is your uh 
what is your guys' uh, personal experience or uh, what's, what's your knowledge level? Where where are you at on the drone scale? Well, my dad, he uh, he owns a drone, uh, and I have plenty of friends who, who own drones, like yourself, Luke. Um, well, like quadcopters, whatever you want to call them. Um, I, generally, I think they're really cool. I think it, I think it opens up a whole new world of creativity uh, because it, it seemed like it was, it was limited to, you know, watching documentaries on Discovery or the Animal Channel or, or whatever the case may be, or watching commercials for different hotels. So, so it's, it's really cool to be able to up this whole new avenue of, of creativity of, of, you know, kind of the artsy aspect of it. Um, and it's, I mean, some of the, some of the cinematography and, and it's just it's just pretty incredible i mean the amount of technology that's packed into those what five pound drones is pretty incredible yeah it really is yeah i mean as far as my exposure goes to uh to the to the drones i i i know little to nothing um i i know people who have drones i've seen drones being flown i know kind of like what their general use is i'm interested like uh, i want to dip my toes in that pool but uh Right now, I'm I'm just kind of like trying to find the uh, the problem that it solves for me, right? Like, why do I need one? And that's always my biggest uh, my biggest kind of hurdle to get over whenever I'm looking into new technology is like, well, what's it going to solve for me? Like, because it's a pretty big investment, and we'll get into that in a little bit here. But um, right now, I'm just in kind of the exploratory phase of drones, so I'm late to the party. As usual, Adam. As usual. Uh, so yeah, my personal experience, uh, as Mr. Jimmy said, uh, I have a drone. Um, I'm on drone number two, um, and drone number one didn't, didn't crash. Uh, it, it just got sold and I went for something a little bigger and better because an opportunity presented itself. Um, I am, I have to say a big fan. I, uh, I do like uh, flying it oftentimes in, in areas that I wouldn't really say I, I plan to fly it. I just try to keep it charged and keep it, uh, roughly with me. Uh, that way when the moment presents itself, I can just say, Hey, I want to get a new perspective on something. And so sometimes taking a little, uh, trip around and getting some pictures from a unique perspective is the main reason I have it. Um, so, uh, and those pictures a lot of times are priceless. Uh, I have entertained commercial uses of, with it. Uh, it does come with some regulations and, and requirements that I don't know that I want to pursue at this point in time. So for right now, it's strictly personal, but it, it, it might go somewhere from, from here. Who knows? So how, how difficult is it for just kind of the average Joe to go buy a drone, get it certified and make sure that it's legal to fly? Because I mean, I, I don't own one, right? So I mean, it's just, it's just me watching other people do it, which is, looks like tons of fun, but I have no experience in the actual process of owning a drone and the legalities of it. Yeah. So, I mean, legally in the United States, at least, um, you, you do need to register your drone with the FAA. Uh, and that process is a little simpler than one might first think. Uh, it really consists of going to a website, uh, filling out a form, and um, reading some bullet points that basically say how high you can fly, where you can fly, kind of the basics, and um, pay your $5 fee 
you get a registration number. And what that registration number allows you is three years of flight time. And um, it allows you to go ahead. You need to put that registration number on the drone itself. And uh, at that point, you are technically legal. Now, uh, the drone software itself, and as far as like purchasing and acquiring and all that, I mean, if you you can buy a drone from anywhere from a simple maybe hundred or hundred and fifty dollars for something just to get started, but really the the sort of mainstream big name companies are in the you know four to fifteen hundred dollar range is kind of the middle market. Uh, stuff it seems like today and so if you you got the cash you walk in somewhere you throw down the cash and you own a drone you register it um, there is some technically uh, savvy things I think you need to go through in terms of just setting it up there these these types of electronics have lots of sensors so <laughs> it can be interesting to try to troubleshoot it uh, if you are not someone who is technically inclined I would say Overall, you can probably get by, but it's definitely going to push the bounds of the average consumer at this point in time. So, does that answer that question for you, or or is there more to? Am am I just leading to more questions, Jim? No, I think I think that's a really good introductory into what it's what it's like actually purchasing purchasing a drone. Uh, I mean, mostly because it, there's it sounds like there's more to it than just going, hey, I. I feel like buying a drone today and then going and flying it because that's not quite how it works. I mean, my dad, he would sit in his office for hours just studying for a test and other things. I'm not sure what exactly he was testing for, but he was he was uh, in his office for quite some time just looking over different materials of, of how different drafts and winds and stuff can affect your drone. But he's he's also using it for commercial use, so that, that might be why. Yep. He probably had to go through some different hoops for that sort of thing. Yeah, so I think it would be wise to briefly discuss individual or, or personal use versus commercial. Um, personal use, you don't you don't have to take any tests. You don't have to do anything other than just pay your fee, read the bullet points, and you're off and running. And the bullet points basically consist of don't fly over any major crowds, uh, aka don't kill anybody, um, don't fly within five miles of an airport. Don't fly uh, over 400 feet. Um, so that's that's kind of the the main gist of it. Um, there, the, the one thing I would say is all of that it can pretty much be negated. Um, it is up to the user to sort of put that in play. There are certainly no fly zones that can be enforced by the GPS that the drone has. But um, at this point, you can. Put your drone down next to an airport a mile away or even a half mile away and if you really wanted to fly it straight over the runway um as long as it was like a little uh, executive airport or something like that you wouldn't have any problem a lot of the bigger airports have figured this out and actually put no fly zones so it doesn't operate there uh that, that's a little different um but the the big airports, you know, if you take like we happen to live in Southern California, the LAX, you know, and so on, they actually have official no-fly zones, so you, you wouldn't be able to even take it off. And then there's the other class, of course, the commercial use, and that's where Jim, I think your dad is doing the studying for weather patterns and stuff because you are passing 
a portion of the private pilot's license. And it's uh, specifically called the 108 exam. And that is does require some studying. I think they recommend uh, about 40 hours of time to study for that exam. So it's definitely more involved. Yeah, man, I just wanted to go down to my local Walmart and, you know, buy a drone. I didn't want to take a test, you know, like. Oh, man, you want to go to Wally World and buy a drone? I, 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 don't, I don't really know if you're going to. Well, you know, I mean. If I have to take a test, I think you know that pretty much puts puts me out of out of this uh, out of this race. Well, as long as you're using it for personal use, you don't have to take a test. So that's uh, that's the good news for you there. But you do need to read a few bullet points, so that that'll get you going at least. But um, but it is it is uh, sort of one of those wild west areas right now. A lot's changing and changing fast and this is kind of goes back to the point that uh technology marches forward and regulators probably can't keep up so anyway let's uh let's move on let's let's talk a, a little bit about uh use cases i guess uh my my question about in this area is is what do you guys see as uh cool and unique use cases for uh for droning quote unquote well, I think the thing that kind of drew me towards them is um is the photography. Um, I think that's pretty much the duh case. Um, it, it's it's always been a unique perspective. You know, getting a different perspective, like you said, getting different vantage points, seeing something from from a different place, and um, it's the same feeling you get when you fly, right? Like the first time you get in an airplane and you fly over all this stuff, and you're like, wow, everything looks so tiny, and I've never seen you know this neighborhood from this view or um, it's the same thing with the drone because now you can just basically take yourself anywhere and put yourself in that situation. And um, I think uh, I put a link in in, the, in our show notes, which has like the best drone photography of 2016. This is a little dated now, but um, just looking at these pictures, I mean, it's pretty much amazing. Like what you can, what you can do and just the, the way that we've now given this, this technology that used to cost, you know, thousands of dollars to get like a, Hey, I want a helicopter ride over this waterfall or a helicopter ride, you know, through this Canyon where now, you know, someone can go out and buy a drone and granted that's, you know, maybe a couple thousand dollars, you know, when you get up into the higher end, but it's something that they can go out and do whenever they want, you know, they can go wherever they want to, you know, within respect of the uh, no fly zones. But I think the photography for me has always been the, the most apparent use case as to why it caught on so quickly once it entered the consumer market. And I still think it's, it's one of the, the most creative and unique cases that, uh, that I've seen them used for. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, Jim, do you have any, uh, other ideas on, on things or ways that you would recommend using a drone that might be, uh, even out of the box? Um, you know, I, I actually agree a lot with, with Adam on that, but, uh, the thing that probably drew me to, to drone technology is probably uh, data collecting. Um, I think I think that's a really cool way to be able to. I mean, it, looking at one of these these pictures from their show notes, there's actually a picture of it, what it looks like an active volcano. And what's really cool is is it, that you would never get that perspective unless you were in a an airplane or a helicopter, which is way more expensive to to fly than than your drone, right? And so you know, this kind of gives you 
a more cost-effective way of being able to sample stuff like that, you know, I mean, and especially if you attach different sensors to your drone, you know, like how much CO2 is in this area or what sort of gases can we find in, in this part of the atmosphere or so forth. I mean, I think, I think it, uh, I think it's definitely a big bonus for the scientific community as well to be able to do that data sampling. I think that's a, I think that's a really unique thing. I mean, I see, I see these cave divers uh, who, they would go in these huge cave systems and there are some places that they just can't access. And so they actually use drones to be able to fly into those ecosystems and see different, you know, plant life or animal life that exists in those areas. And I think that's another really, really cool use of, of drone technology. Definitely. Definitely. I think it, you know, it's just something that is really unique. I mean, we're so used to, cameras being only at a certain level basically and so to be able to position a camera anywhere we want in a 3d space you know that is around us and get a different perspective is is just super cool but there are definitely other use cases that are that are just you know out of the norm out of the hobbyist area and i mean there are certainly military use cases that are uh, both surveillance uh or or uh you know used on the battlefield um there's talks of of delivery um of products um i know amazon mentioned they were talking about that and and there's stuff like you know real estate agriculture surveying all sorts of stuff that that is really wide and probably much beyond the the scope of our limited knowledge of of, of this area, but I think um, we we are seeing just an explosion because it's a lot cheaper. Like, uh, uh, you know, I think it was Jim said that you know helicopters are not are not cheap, and so being able to do this stuff with something that is a arguably couple thousand dollar piece of equipment, and if it does crash or you know has an issue, it doesn't you know, hurt somebody and, uh, and on you go. And it, it, it is a resource that is returns many thousands of dollars to many businesses and many of these industries. And I think it will only see it grow from here, but I'm kind of curious. Are you guys, uh, where do you guys see it growing in, in these areas? You know, in, in, in some of these things that I've talked about, military, you know, real estate, do you, do you think these are going to be huge areas to come or is this kind of a, a fad in these areas? I, I think that as um, as the barrier to entry to get into this market and as the regulations kind of, like you said, sort themselves out, because we're still in kind of that, that Wild West era, right, where we don't really know what we can do or how far we can push the space or um, we're still trying to figure it out and we don't want, you know, another internet on our hands or we don't want another, you know, music industry like switch over on our hands is like they want to make sure that all the i's are dotted and the t's are crossed before you know they let businesses just kind of run amok you know um military was kind of one where you know this that is probably the oldest use of, of these drones right and the one where it made the most sense because of its its purpose was to prevent you know loss of life right like why will we send a group of soldiers into a place when we could send a drone to scout instead or why would we send you know this when we could send a drone instead and there's lots of controversy around that um you know so we won't dig too far into the uh, the military side of things but i honestly think that the commercial side once they figure out what they can do with these things i think that is going to be where where the most use of this space is right 
we all know that you know technology fads kind of come and go. But if something can be used for a legitimate business purpose or to, let's say, um, expedite a process or make it more cost effective, you know that you know once one one company figures it out, all the companies are going to jump on board. So I think delivery, in all honesty, is the one where I, I look forward to a lot. Not not only because of the convenience of me getting my you know whatever I ordered off of whatever you know website that does drone delivery um, to like my front porch from the warehouse in the shortest amount of time. While that is very appealing, I think, um, and I put a link for this in the show notes, is like the 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 possibilities to now deliver medicine to parts of the world where you could never get to, right? To villages like remote villages um, that no one had ever really. There's no main access road that a car can drive up, right? To be able to to drop supplies there, where let's say like you're not going to spend you know ten thousand dollars for a, an airplane to do a giant drop, but you need to send this you know critical like snake antivenom or some something to this village, where if someone has a drone, you can get close enough, like you can just fly that over. And, you know, there's companies already doing this where they're starting to deliver medical supplies. And I think, especially that we talked, you know, about natural disasters, things like that, when roads are closed, this is an easy way for people who can get help to those who need it. Um, and I think that's like the, in a, you know, an optimistic setting, the the most use I'm going to see or the as useful as a drone is going to be. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's definitely going to be big. And, and I think, Personally, I think they're going to be around for some time. Um, I, I agree that it is going to be something that we're not going to see the full impact of this stuff for, I think, uh, probably many years to come. I mean, and when I say many years, to give it some sort of time scale, I think five to ten years will kind of have this flushed out pretty well. Uh, but it is still a very fast-paced and changing game, and there's a lot of things to work out both politically and 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 regulations wise as well as just flight time and 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 accuracy and stuff like that to improve upon so i totally agree with that um so going forward from here uh i'm kind of curious this is this is something that that is that is interesting for me but but a point that i know adam put into the show notes and and one i think i want adam to actually flush this this point out because i think you're gonna be you're gonna better hold this point so if you wouldn't mind adam would you mind uh taking the lead here yeah okay so you kind of touched on it a little bit and um just because i put it in the show notes don't be afraid of it i mean like it's still a topic that you can you can talk about um but but really is like yeah where do we go from here right um in in the best case scenario and the worst case scenario is always how I like to, you know, see things. So best case scenario, like the future of drones, what do you guys see? Do you guys see the instant deliveries? Do you guys see like teenagers walking around with like selfie drones? So, you know, they don't even have to like hold their arm out anymore or ask someone to take a picture for them. They can just use their, their personal selfie drone to do it or like drone racing, which is already a thing. And if you haven't checked out, it is amazingly cool. Um, kind of like pod racing, but, you know, not with all the Jar Jar Binks. Um, or are we going to go a little on the dark side, which uh, I think of like RoboCop with murder, death, kill machines. Or is that Demolition Man? I don't remember the movie reference. Joel's not here to keep me in check. Um, are we going to go like 24-7 surveillance? Or are we just going to have so many drones in the uh, in the air that's going to be like swatting flies? 
you know, like little little tiny drones, like get out of my face. So what do you, what do you guys think? Is is it going to be all butterflies and rainbows, or is it going to be all like Terminator Genesis, but the good version if that existed? Well, I I, I know at least just speaking for myself, I think it's going to be a little mix of both. I, I do think deliveries is definitely going to be something we're going to see. Um, I'm sure the sport of pod racing or, or drone racing or whatever you want to call it is is here to stay. Um, I could actually see that being... I mean, they're, they're talking about adding video games to the Olympics, so why not a drone racing section? Why we, We'll just add it in there, too. So I, I think we'll have a little bit of, of, of that side, but I, I do think the, the heavier side is going to be... Uh, military use for at least the foreseeable future uh, that is that is huge and, and just we, we we've had military drones but it is now getting to the point where it is not big military now now we can literally get this survey or, or out to police departments and 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 local law enforcement not just military and so i think that is something that is the more likely use case uh, and I, if I had to peg it, I'd say it's going to be like 70-30. We're going to see much more use in that area than we are in the deliveries. I hope to God there's not people walking around with uh, personal selfies uh, drones. But the one area I really think is an underdog right now. They already right built now, that feature into the software. I know, they built that I know. Into but the it's, software. It's, so it's, it's like, hey, gimmicky. follow me. It's Look at the cool stuff I'm going to do. Just follow me. Like, come on, man. That's already there. It's it's like version 2.3 that's going to add the, hey, take a selfie whenever you want. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, but but it, it's gimmicky. Like, let me tell you from just, like, using it, it it's gimmicky. It, at this point, it is it is not perfect. And, and, and there may be a day where it's flushed out and perfect, but I just don't know how many people are going to walk around with a drone in their back pocket and roll it out when they're ready to to actually just use it and be like, yo, cool, I got that one shot I wanted. It's possible. No, you misunderstand. Uh, but- this is the future. This is the future where that thing follows you around all the time. Like when you're playing, you know, Legend of Zelda and there's a fairy that's like, hey, listen. And you're like, no, be quiet. I don't I don't need your help right now. And she's like, hey, listen. And you're like, be quiet. When I need you, I'll let you know. Right? Is it going to be like that? That That's what I envision the future, right? Like right now, yeah, it's gimmicky. But if they've already built in software to like, hey, follow me around, like, that's the new personal assistant is this little like quadricopter following you around, right? Didn't they have that in Flubber too, right? Where he built that little like Weibo thing or whatever it was that followed him around and talked to him all the time. Like drones are going to merge with like personal assistants and that's just going to be a thing, you know? All right. You've got grandiose ideas, my friend. I mean, I certainly think you're onto something. I don't, I don't know that it'd be used for selfie technology specifically. Um, but I think I think that that time will come when we somehow move on from propellers or using I don't know friction of air or you know pushing the drone up from the ground rather and it just has some sort of floating apparatus if that technology even exists I don't know uses the earth's magnetic field I don't know technology has to be on my gray matter because I mean I can't imagine a billion selfie drones flying around with as loud as they are <laughs> that would that would probably be my biggest irritant I'm telling you, man, it's going to be like swatting flies. If you look, I posted another link in the show notes. You can tell I loved putting links in the show notes this this, uh, this week. Um, is they have those those drones that are the size of flies. They're like no bigger than like a coin. And 
kind of getting back on like the positive optimistic light is um we recently we took a trip over to um science museum on the east coast in boston and um they had the the prototype for the the drones that they're using for bees which is um basically since you know the bee population is endangered now or many species of bees are becoming endangered they're like well if bees go extinct like how do we pollinate flowers how do we basically sustain our our crops and so they've made these drones that are basically the same size and similar anatomy to a bee that can go from flower to flower to simulate and uh artificially <laughs> i guess not artificially but pollinate these these flowers so i mean you you can shrink it down enough now it's just about like lucid adding in the sensors and stuff where that's why i'm like hey man like is it going to be where everyone has these things and when you go to a place like times square which is a very big tourist attraction is everyone going to have these things flying around you're just going to be swatting them out of the air i mean that's that's a really good point i didn't think about how small those drones could get i did i did see i did see that in the show notes but i mean what's what's really cool is they're actually, they're using uh nature's technology right so they I mean they like they look at the flight pattern of dragonflies and bees and stuff to actually simulate it to have a really efficient flight pattern um but it's uh <laughs> i think we'll, i think will we be swatting them out of the air at some point especially if someone's trying to uh to spy on you in some fashion i mean i i do agree they it, it is they're gonna get small that's definitely gonna happen i think the the one area i am most excited about is sports i i really think when we talk about multiple drones i think that is going to start to unlock things like I, I can imagine already an NFL football game with maybe 50 drones capturing all the angles of the field and us being able to like rotate around the field at any point in time or one drone follows each player on the field and you could like relive that player's route that he ran before he caught the pass for the touchdown it's like I just start to think about those implications and I think that's where multiple drones all talking to each other is going to just get nuts. It's going to be Skynet. Definitely. Definitely. Not cool. So we talked about them getting smaller. I put another link in there, which is for when they get bigger and start carrying around chainsaws. Uh, uh, please, please, please let's not envision that. I, I, I'm, I'm no, that's, scared. You don't have to envision it. It's already a thing. Like it's already yeah, a thing I know, that but I don't want to open and the link now because you you've told me what's in the link and I don't want to open it. It's hashtag killer drone. I mean, uh, no no humans were harmed in the making of that video. Just poor little snowman. Um, <laughs> but someone someone has already been like, hey, you know what? I kind of want to mount a chainsaw to a drone. That would be cool, right? Like fly around with a you know an active chainsaw, you know, like terrorizing you know like snowmen. And what happens when they move beyond snowmen? What's next? The logical step, if you go from, you know, killing snowmen, you know the next thing you're going to be doing is killing other humans. Because let's be honest, you know, a snowman is virtually, like, the same thing as a human just made of, you know, water. All water. Well, all I am is a big water bag. Well, yeah, maybe some coal pieces and a carrot if you're creative. I mean, sticking to that kind of the more optimistic side of of larger drones, it... I think it'd be really cool to see like search and risk, you know, search and rescue drones, you know, where, you know, as some snowboarder gets caught in an avalanche or whatever, and they can use a drone to go find them and pick them up and, and relieve them from whatever mess he's found himself in. Or, you know, I mean, 
you know, living in California, we, you know, we have all these really bad wildfires all over the place all the time. And, you know, you have these helicopters that drop, you know, tons and tons of water, uh, you know, over these fires. So it'd be, it'd be cool to be able to just fly a drone with a bunch of water in it and just, you know, do it that way. I mean, here again, it comes back to that kind of cost effective cost effectiveness, which I think is really a cool thing. Or, uh, you know, those who, you know, who can't drive any longer, who, you know, might need a drone for, you know, flying around to wherever they need to go to, because I mean, the traffic's aren't going to get, you know, the traffic isn't going to get any less congested. Right. So, you know, using that airspace to be able to travel is going to be, uh, it has to be part of the future at some point. Yeah, man, I, I can't wait for like our flight's been delayed because there was a drone occupying the airspace that we wanted to fly in at that time. Of course there was. We talk about, you know, gridlock in, uh, with cars and how self-driving cars are going to fix that. And you're like, oh, well, you know, in the air, you know, you're talking about a lot more space. You know, there's not as many, you know, items in the air and there's not just one road in the air. You know, there's all sorts of different places. But, you know, if it's populated with drones, you know, granted, like, this is all like worst case scenario, right? Um, and I always like playing out the, the, the extremes. But, um, but yeah, I, I think like you said, cost effective and what are the, what are the use cases going to be? Are, are they going to be, are they going to serve a purpose rather than just kind of entertain us for 10 minutes? I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of the, the novelty of it all kind of wear off. And then we finally get into like actual use of this technology, you know, to really, to you know, because the, the invention of technology is really meant to benefit humanity, you know, beyond entertaining ourselves. Right. So, I'm really excited to see what we can actually do with this technology. Uh, I mean, I'm a little bit scared of what we can do with this technology as well. I mean, I'm kind of afraid of what big countries like the United States and its military would be willing to do with drones versus, you know, smaller countries who don't invest in their military in the same way that we keep our eye on. So, I mean, it's in that sense, it's I don't want to become more of a bully to the world than we already have with drone technology, because now it's like, you know, it's that it's that thirteen year old kid who sits behind a computer screen, you know, cyberbullying now. And so the United States will become that, like, oh, we'll just send sixteen drones your way with X amount of bombs to do the thing and we'll get what we want. And you know, I think that's I think there really needs to be some heavy regulation on that sort of stuff. And, you know, we you know, just a few years ago we had problems with, you know, surveillance and Edward Soden brought a lot of that to light and how much easier that will become with drone technology, especially as it gets more advanced and more quiet and they can fly at higher altitudes or whatever the case may be. So so I think I think it's important that the consumer keeps an eye on how policy is going to operate around this because I mean, you know, we were having problems with the internet and, you know, throttling different websites and you know and other things that were problematic right you know and so i think it's i think it's important that to the public that all that is very aware and we all pay attention to that or else we're going to run into weird policy problems like we run into with the internet and privacy protection and, and things like that going forward i i think the the kind of going on that topic is like we, we talk about like which one's going to dominate is it going to be hobbyist or commercial right but I mean, th those those are technically two different categories, and they'll most likely be regulated differently, right? Like you're not going to put the same implications on a consumer drone that you put on like a military drone um, or a drone owned by Amazon. Hence, why now you have to take like 
different tests if you're going to be doing something commercial. And and I think like the the scary part is like consumers don't care. Like 99% of consumers that are buying a drone want to buy it for photography or selfies, right? Or drone racing in in those um, scenarios. So they they're not they're not concerned about the policy. It's more of like a roadblock for them, which is why like when when they're designing these things, it's important for the people who care about like the open internet or you know no surveillance or you know just the basic set of you know human rights and freedoms that we're given um it's up to those people to do it and i i don't think a consumer of a drone is going to care at all but um jim you mentioned a lot about like a kid sitting behind a computer and you know carrying out all these all these commands right and um it reminds me a lot of a couple movies and um did you ever see the movie ender's game or read the book ender's game uh read and seen and both phenomenal Really, you like the movie? I didn't like the movie. I really did like the movie. I, you know, when I go see a movie that I read the book on, I really try to remove the book from myself, and I and I, I try to enjoy, you know, like the the director's take on it. And and if you if you remove the book from it, it's really it's really not a bad film. But I mean, if if you do compare it to the book, then it's it's a little rough. It's a little rough. But yeah, yeah. But and then the other one was Eye in the Sky, which came out not too long ago. And the only reason I know that is because um, it had Jesse from Breaking Bad in it. Um, but it was all about like drones and basically the u.s carrying out these these missions and like the kind of ethical implications of someone pressing a button you know like you said hundreds and thousands of miles away and you know bombs going off or missiles launching in another part part of the world and just kind of the weight of that right where it's almost becoming to a point where war in a sense becomes not as big of a deal or doesn't carry as much weight because there aren't as many lives being lost or, you know, we don't hear about the death toll to American soldiers, but you hear about the death toll to whatever target they were focused on. Right. Um, and we kind of got into this discussion a couple of episodes back about like how, how you weigh like life. And it's a really messed up topic to, to talk about. Right. But um, you talk about, Hey, like we can take out X number of, you know, bad guys in this zone, but there's a, you know, 95% probability that will also injure 2% of innocent people. And it's like, I don't know, like, I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions, but I'm, I, I don't know of a good solution to, to that problem. But uh, Eye in the Sky, that was, uh, I guess, the, my main bullet point there is what you were, what you were kind of describing seemed like that movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, you know, it's, it's, it's really weird to talk in terms of like, well, these people are really bad, but the surrounding people aren't bad at all. They're not even involved. Are we willing to take that risk? And, you know, here, you know, like, like to your point, I'm really glad I'm not making those decisions either. Um, But I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of comes down to, it's, it's a weird topic to discuss. It's like, how how many people are you going to save in the long run versus, you know, right now, I guess is really what it comes down to. And, you know, that, that topic has been brought up a lot of times in, in American history, you know, World War II is a great example of that. And what we decided with Japan. Um, yep. And so it's now it's like, does that, does that decision all of a sudden become easier because there's not a person flying the airplane? It's now someone controlling a joystick. You know, just like in Ender's game, he had no idea he was literally ending 
a whole civilization. Had no idea. Thought it was a game. Thought it was a simulation. Yep. And it's so easy to manipulate people in that way. Like it's also spoiler alert for Ender's Game. You know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're we're so detached, though, from this sort of, you know, killing and war when, when we talk about things like drones. And so I think one of the things that makes this harder for or, or easier on us as humans is that we we are used to going to movies and, and, and any form of media and seeing and consuming content that shows war or you know terrible acts happening to people be it real or be it stage you know acting or whatever we see that sort of stuff so when we have a human that's behind a screen truly killing somebody using a physical drone across the world it is something that they feel more comfortable with and 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 more okay with it seems more justified because we're not actually there in that moment living uh that which is something that only the soldier sees but obviously comes with great risk when we put the soldier there yeah i mean it we kind of went into a uh a gray slash really dark area um on, on this matter but I, I i think when we talk about drones and the future of drones like these are these are the stepping stones that we're now having to kind of weigh more right or we're having to pay more attention to um so it's interesting to see right like 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 i think james said when the novelty wears off or right now we're in like the honeymoon phase with drones where we're still enjoying all of these all the great things that they do but um we're we're kind of exploring the uh the other potential ramifications of you know this technology or you know just the other side how how it will be used for not only the good but the bad um it's it's a really interesting topic like i mean kind of coming back to it like am i still interested in drones after like our whole discussion is like well yeah i mean like i would love for the consumer in me i would love to be able to go to a place as like with my family and be able to photograph all of us you know like together in a place that it was a remote hike to, or the scenery is just beautiful, right? And we've we've done setups like, and I can't tell you how many times I've like propped up like a backpack, right, and like put a phone on it and um, like set the timer thing. Or luckily, with like modern technology like smartwatches, right, like you can at least do the remote shutter from that. But having something else to be able to capture more of what you see is is to me the biggest appeal for consumer drones. So. I'll probably buy one. Um, hopefully, Lou in like six months will have like another one that he's looking to get rid of. Um, that way, I can you know not spend a lot of money and then ride that drone until the propellers fall off. You know, you you definitely would. You would you would ride it until the propellers fall off. But the the propellers are easy easily replaceable. So, oh yeah, okay. Well, I'm not going to replace them because I mean, like, if we're talking about it, like. It's the same thing with a truck. Like I could fix the truck, you know, but it's not a matter of that. It's like, do I really want to spend the money to fix it, or am I just okay with it? You know, like not working anymore. And I've kind of come to that point where, like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, like, I think it's had a good life. You're gonna ride the drone until the DC brushless motors don't spin. 
I guess is the appropriate analogy. Yeah. So so it's funny. So they they have all the the brushless motors and stuff in them. Like, um, I I still have like an RC car that I've raced like a grand total of four times, maybe. Um, but you mentioning brushlessness made me think about getting that out of the garage and driving that around because it's like it was the baby step. RC cars were the baby step, right? Yep, definitely. Uh, well, I, I, I'd like to say I think we, we've had a pretty good conversation for, uh, for ending our hiatus. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I think I'm really planning on uh, hopefully continuing this. But uh, I hope you guys are too. You know how the inflection goes up at the end of your voice? Like, I'm really, you know, planning on continuing this? Like, question are, you, mark? are you like, question mark, maybe? Like, I, I, I'm in. I'm questioning whether you guys are coming back. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> whether I'm coming back. Yeah, uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, I'll be here. There's a lot more There's a lot more T-Swift to be discussed. Uh-oh. Dear. Yeah, man. I mean, like, we haven't even gotten the full album drop. We've only gotten <laughs> two singles. Like, who knows what'll happen next week? I have no idea. To be honest, I actually don't know when her album releases. Um, I'm actually going to scramble to look that up right now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I hope to uh, do this uh, weekly. Uh, obviously, keep the same uh, idea. Uh, we may change up the episode structure a little bit in the future, so uh, be, be a little fluid with us. Uh, we will uh, keep you posted on how things are changing. Uh, Obviously, there will be uh, some show notes. Adam, did you end up finding out when Taylor Swift's album drops? Uh, November 10th. Pre-order on Barnes & Noble. Pre-order on Barnes & Noble. God. First hit, man. I'm sorry. You know, like, thank you, Barnes & Noble, for still being a brick-and-mortar store where I can pre-order my Taylor Swift movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Alrighty, boys. Well, uh, I will. Uh, I will see you next week. Asta. Absolutely.